0: I cannot believe it, Empowered is officially available in the Amazon store, the pre-order is over, and now is your time to get it. Guys, it has five stars on Amazon and is the top 100 of journals. I'm like over the moon about this. Like I thought it was such a crazy time to be putting out a book, but in turn, it turns out that it's like the best time. People are seeking less confusion, more clarity, more empowerment in their lives. And if you are looking for that, head on over to the link in the show notes and check it out. I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU find happy podcast here. You'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson and welcome to our podcast. Hi, Susan. Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Thanks, Michaela. <laughs> I, I love what you are doing in the way of helping people get healthy. And I have so many, um, you know, basic questions, but really kind of in light of everything that's going on with COVID, I was hoping to dive into that too. So before we get started, can you just share with the audience a little bit about what you do and who you are and what you've got going on?
1: Yes, I sure can. So my name is Susan Neal. I'm an RN. I have a master's in health science. I am a health and wellness coach and the author of seven healthy living books.
0: Wow. Seven books. That is incredible. I love it. I am assuming they're all full count, like full word count. Are they all like the big 80,000 word type books?
1: They're all around 200 pages. so. Oh,
0: my gosh. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, good for you. That's, that's wonderful. Um, so just kind of to kick things off, I know that you do a lot of, you know, you dive into a lot of different components of health. But one of them that I was really interested in is how sugar and carbohydrates affect mood because we just got back from a camping trip where... I literally saw the effects of sugar on the children in the campground, (laughs) including my own son. I mean, they were pretty much just snacking on, you know, different things like marshmallows all day long. So I'm curious to know as adults, how does that affect us? And and sugar's in so much that I think we don't even realize how it's just really, you know, wormed its way into so much of our daily living and, and so much of what we put in our bodies. Can you talk a little about that?
1: Yes, I sure can. So, what happens is, you know, we eat we eat something with sugar, like those kids did, and then it makes our glycemic index go up. Okay, it might give us like a burst of energy. So then they're just going off, and you know, you can't calm them down, and they're loud or whatever. And then what happens is, uh, our pancreas has to secrete insulin. And then that insulin drops the blood sugar level. Well, when the blood sugar level drops, you just kind of feel exhausted. You're just bottomed out. You don't feel good. You're cranky. And then our body secretes adrenaline or epinephrine to counteract the flattening of the blood sugar level. And that causes anxiety. And I really believe that our high incidence of anxiety today may be linked to and related to our higher consumption of sugar. Because like you said, sugar is added to so many different things.
0: Well, and there's a difference between the type of sugar that's naturally occurring in fruits um, and even vegetables compared with the refined sugars that we're finding in even things like yogurt that are trying to pretend like they're healthy for you and things like that, right? The sugar that you get as a refined item in a processed food is different than what's in fruits.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And when you go to look at those yogurts, it's like 24 grams of sugar. It's
0: like, oh, my (laughs) God. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I was really kind of tuned into that when I started my very first detox last August and quickly um, realized there's little that you can buy in the grocery store unless it's in the whole foods section, meaning the produce department (laughs) that is not full of sugar. I mean, even ketchup has tons of sugar in it.
1: Yes, even something like almond butter, which you would think would be healthy, you have to check the ingredients and make sure you get one with no sugar added.
0: So as a society, I mean, we've really become, I think, addicted to sugar, whether we know it or not. Like I think something turns on in our brain. At least this even happens for me, even though I eat you know, fairly whole. Later in the day, I start going, oh, I I need a little numbing. I need a little something sweet. What's that about? What's happening in our brain?
1: Okay. So with food addiction, what happens is uh, dopamine is released in the brain when we even look at the the delicious item we're about to eat and and we desire it and, and we want it. And it's in the same brain receptor's that opiate drugs also elicit the dopamine. So they have done MRI imaging of the brains of a food addict versus an opiate addict. And the brain lights up in the same area for both individuals when they just look at their item that they want to eat or to take.
0: Wow. So it's as powerful as doing a drug.
1: Yes, it is. It is. And and we don't realize this. And and that's why um, when I try and, and help educate people about this, I help them to understand that, okay, understand what is going on here. You have the dopamine is being released. Your narrow focuses, your focus narrows. So, what can you do? You can go out for a walk. You can, you know, pet your dog or your cat. You can do yoga or meditate. Uh, you could go hug your partner or your child. There's so many other different ways to release that dopamine that are positive things that we can do.
0: I can relate to that because sometimes when I've had a super long day and I'm just feeling kind of wiped out and I'm driving home and I'm thinking, Ooh, I'm really looking forward to a glass of wine. But then as I get home, I think about, ugh, then I'm just, you know, it's, I, that's going to wear off quickly and then I'm going to feel kind of groggy and I'm not going to sleep as well. And so then I'll go choose to go, go out and meditate, um, by my water feature or do some yoga. And then it's like, I'm moving on with the rest of the day and I'm not even thinking about that wine anymore.
1: That's right. That's really a great thing to do. Yes.
0: Yes. Interesting. So a lot of people have been sitting at home for, you know, upwards of 90 days and they've been, um, you know, fearful and worried and anxious and all these things. And so they've been comfort eating. And uh, what are you seeing in the way of the effects of the stay at home orders nationwide as it pertains to people's food health? and 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 emotional health how how are you seeing that kind of play out
1: so many people have um, been stress eating i mean it's been a very stressful time for all of us so uh, you know the individuals i talk to it's like okay i didn't just gain my extra 10 pounds i've gained 20 now and (laughs) so yeah because it's you know food can be comforting there's uh you know it could be comforting um, and it can also be a food addiction. You know, you need to look at what is it specifically going on for you in reference to the way that you eat.
0: So interesting story. I decided sometime last year that I no longer like black olives. I, I just thought that they when I would eat them or they'd come on a salad or something, but they tasted like metal and I, and it was almost tasting like poison to me. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to eat these anymore. Um, and then somebody told me that they were having some um eczema, like, ex, you know, more than usual. And it was because they had purchased a bunch of canned foods right before COVID, right when COVID started. And they had primarily been eating canned goods. So they wouldn't go to the grocery store. And I thought, I wonder if the reason that I don't like black olives, if that metallic taste is coming from the can. And I was wondering, is is there anything to that? I mean, are people, you know, as all of a sudden people aren't aren't eating as much produce and, you know, raw, whole foods, they're eating more canned goods. What is the effects of that going to be?
1: Well, cans are lined with a, like a BPA or supposedly non-BPA plastic. So they are lined with plastic. And in, in looking at research studies, when I've written some of my books, they have found that If a person eats from a can, within 24 hours, they did a urine sample, and it's statistically significantly high amount of the individuals had the BPA in their urine. So therefore, yes... The lining of the can is not good, and so they they had to take you know with all, with BPA plastic they took it off for all the the um, baby nipples and all the the pacifiers and all those kind of products. Well, they made a non BPA plastic. Well, the non BPA plastic uh, researchers are starting to believe that oh it's very very similar to the BPA plastic. You know it's it's we're not seeing the negative results yet but they're they're potentially coming you know down the pike so um you really want to avoid plastics and plastics um, they also are a hormone disruptor and that is not healthy for us or for our kids or grandkids
0: I did switch over to glass tupperware. So I am grateful that I did that now. Um, I actually switched. Yeah, when I was in my detox, that was one of the things that they suggested um was switching over. But I'm not completely, I don't completely understand. I mean, I know BPA is some, you know, long, fancy word, but I don't completely understand why it's so dangerous. Can you share with me a little about that?
1: Well, like prior to the 1940s, You know, we didn't even have plastic. So it's only like plastic has been a part of our, almost like our food system, but it's been a part of our lives since the 1940s or 50s. Okay, so do we do any research on plastic in reference to lining our meats, you know, with it and then freezing our meats and having that plastic stick to it? How much plastic are we consuming? Uh, just this past spring, I read a Consumer Reports article that says that we're consuming like up to a credit card's worth of plastic, I think, per month. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yes. Yes. Wow. So, you know, it is it, it, so many of our beverages come in it, a lot of our foods, it's, and it wasn't, you know, 100 years ago, it didn't exist and it wasn't part of our, an item that our foods were put in.
0: When we, uh, when my husband and I, at the end of the harvest season, we usually have a lot of leftover tomatoes and things like that. And I actually do canning, but it's really jarring because it's using the, the glass mason jars and, you know, obviously they're reusable and all that Um but I, I did not realize this about cans. I spe- especially didn't um, know anything about the plastic lining. So you think that is probably what's causing the eczema and not the metal itself?
1: Right. And when we consume something, let's say we're consuming a foreign object, plastic, and it's not, um, you know, it's not made for human consumption, it's got to come out of us. Whether it comes out through a rash on our body, it comes out digestively, you know, it's our livers trying to detoxify it. So it's just erupting acne, you know, it's just erupting wherever it can to get out of your body. Yes. Oh
0: my gosh, when I think about that, it grosses me out. <laughs> so, so one of the other things that I'm really curious about um, is that last year I went on a mission um, to, to find the right vitamins because I started having some heart health issues that the doctors were completely perplexed by because Incredibly Healthy, Do the Whole Foods, all of that. And one of the doctors believed that it may have been these vitamins that I was taking that had a women's support blend, hormone blend. And as soon as I stopped those, the heart thing went away. And I started taking a very simplistic regimen for vitamins, which is just a vitamin C uh, with the liposomal base or whatever. So it's more digestible, uh, turmeric, and a very simple complex vitamin that only has nine Uh, essential vitamins in it like the like the b complex etc and i seem to be doing a lot better on that what is your opinion on vitamins
1: well i have bought shackley vitamins for year because years because they had a lot of research backing them i don't just go to a um the walmart or wherever and buy my supplements and, uh, you know, I don't buy them off of Amazon either. I'm going to go to like a specialty pharmacy and, uh, or buy like to buy pure encapsulations, which are, you know, I want to buy higher end scientifically proven vitamins and supplements.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, I think one of the things that, you know, it's such a struggle because I know for myself, I'm definitely not getting all the nutrients that I need from my, from my food daily. Uh, so I definitely feel like I need a supplement, but then I also want very clean vitamins. And one of the things that's nice is the ones that I take now they're suspended in the bottle with a mint tab rather than the other, um, more toxic, you know, kind of foods preservation tactics and they also use a clear, um, gel tab. So it's, there's nothing in the actual wrap either, which is nice. Um, uh, but these are things that I don't think people really think about in general. They just think, oh, I'll just grab this one off the shelf at target, like you said, or whatnot. Um, so it's an important point that, you know, even things that we sometimes think are good <laughs> can can be detrimental to our health. Good point. And, and on that note, um, you know, I'd love to get your kind of scientific opinion about the the mask regulations with um, with COVID nineteen nationwide. And I and I ask this because I have heard recently and learned of people who have been wearing their masks all day, breathing out their um, expelled oxygen and breathing it right back in through the mask. And are starting to have some, you know, emotional and physical effects from that, from their O2 levels dropping way low, um, and you know, just general headaches and things like that. What what are your thoughts on on the mask usage?
1: Well, for anyone using a mask, I know there's like a federal regulation that your oxygen level has to maintain at a certain percentage. Uh, and it's required by law. So if you are someone who's required to wear a mask for your job, you should be able to have some kind of a test to check um you know where your oxygen level is because it like should be
0: like a pulse oximeter. Yeah,
1: something like mm-hmm. that to be able to ensure that, you know, you are still at a good oxygen level with that type of mask. I have, I have heard, but I don't, I haven't looked at this scientifically. So, you know, cause there's the N95 mask, there's the cloth masks, you know, there is, a multiple different things, you know, it was at the dentist's office today and the receptionist had the mask off of her nose with <laughs> coming off the nose. Lot.
0: I am mean, like that, that is definitely defeating the point.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, and whether, you know, the masks are, you know, clinically effective, I I just have not done my scientific research to really um, state what is definitively true or not.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fair enough. And I think that uh, there will be more as time continues on in the way of actual scientific research and things like that. I'm just not one to jump on. Um, you know, I feel like there is so much that we gain in the way of, um, expanding our human genome and, uh, herd immunity and just breathing, you know, the air from the tree that the trees are putting off and just all of it, that, um, I'm not one to just kind of suffocate myself, uh, because someone says so, you know, um, that, that it just, uh, feels very counterproductive to me. So I don't know that maybe, um, maybe I also have a different belief on the health and the human body in general. Um, you know, I think that we're looking at tackling this problem backwards in the sense that if we were a healthier nation in, you know, in the way of what we're, what we're consuming and our general obesity rates and things like that, I don't think that we would be as affected by these sorts of things. What do you think about that?
1: Absolutely. And that is what is being shown scientifically. So it was, this was, um, mid-June 2020 and, uh, it shows that, you know, our nation, the United States has had over a hundred thousand, uh, deaths from COVID and we are four percent of the entire global population and yet that 100,000 comprises oh well, I think I read it was in the 30s like 30 something percent of the overall mortality it should be closer to 4% 4%, the 4% right. of the population and then there was another graphic that was uh, on the New York Times uh, newspaper that showed the United States um, COVID-19 deaths as compared to Western Europe. And we are exponentially higher, okay, because 50% of Americans uh, suffer with a chronic illness experience obesity, and my heart goes out to these individuals. These are the end of, this is my target market of who I am here to help, and if they seek help through, like, my books and courses and stuff, it will help them to improve their health and lose weight and therefore more likely be able to, not be one of the statistics of uh, someone who's died from COVID.
0: Right. I think, I think there is no better time for us to kind of wake up as a population and realize what we are doing um, with, you know, these special bodies that we've been given that are so intricate and um, really just are looking for whole healthy foods and exercise. <laughs> um And I and I think that, uh, you know, it just kind of in everything that's going on in the nation, the areas that we're focusing our energy should be more more in this way. What can we do to improve what we eat and and how we consume um, and where our food comes from? And I think that that should be really a nationwide topic of conversation right now. Um, But in general, I think we're just a very reactive population.
1: Right. And I was in France last summer for three weeks and they don't allow um, glyphosate there in their country. That's the active ingredient in Roundup. So people aren't ingesting residue, the herbicide, you know, that um, in, in their foods and their produce that's not organic. And I was able to digest their cheeses And their yogurts there, even though I'm lactose intolerant, because it's just made so much more natural, they... um the individuals, uh, you could see them walking all over, they were slender, and so as a country, it was a very healthy population who was really into their good foods and farm to fresh, you know, to table, and they'd spend two to three hours a night dining, and um, it, and so it was, it was quite a difference for me.
0: Uh, Agreed. I was, I was in South America or Central America rather last late fall and uh, you couldn't get a bag of chips unless you were at the airport. Um, They just don't have that there. Everything there was, you know, plantains and bananas and, uh, you know, all whole foods. One of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking is how, um, you know, if I had to label it, I would call myself a pescatarian, whatnot, whatever. Um, on this camping trip, I had taken with me an alternative meat, um, you know, a, a vegetarian, vegan meat. Uh, t- so because everybody was going to be doing hamburgers one night. And I noticed as I was looking to select what I was going to pick and take with me, that a lot of the vegetarian or vegan alternatives were full of crap. <laughs> they are you know I really kind of had to find something that um still had whole ingredients in it and that was actually challenging I think a lot of times you know it's like oh this vegan hot dog is good for you well no it's not really it's it's just as bad as a regular hot dog um it's just that you're maybe you know not getting the animal product but not uh but it's under this you know the idea that it's healthy or something like that but really not
1: no, it isn't. And it's full of gluten too. It makes it all stick together.
0: Let let's talk a little bit about that. I know that uh, you talk about gluten and candida and and kind of how it affects our emotions and everything going on. And I actually know somebody in my life who struggled with a like systemic lifelong candida infection. Um and you know, antibiotics doesn't work on it or anything like that anymore. And, you know, she's constantly um, kind of dealing with the fallout effects of having this systemic candida and, and trying to regulate it and, and all of that. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think a lot of people don't even realize that that can be contributing to their problems.
1: Absolutely. I know. I know a lot of people um, who may potentially have this and you just have no idea. But I suffered from a candida infection. And I had had an abscess tooth. I had taken the antibiotics, steroids, and it just wiped out my gut. My stools changed, and so I um, I was found. Uh, I had a colonic irrigation. The colonic therapist found a, 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 yeah, I was just full of the candida. And candida is a yeast, and so it overgrows when we take antibiotics. And we kill all the good guys and the bad guy yeast grows up. And we just were never taught that after we take a round of antibiotics that we should go ahead and then take a probiotic afterwards. So anyway, to get rid of it, I had to be on a strict anti-Candida diet for eight months. Initially, I went to my internal medicine doctor and he, he was looking up on the internet trying to figure out how to treat it. And he's just like, I'm sorry, Susan, I don't know how to treat a candida infection. And so, um, I had to, you know, I, you gotta, you gotta starve it, you know, no sugar, no flour, no white rice. Uh, no fruits. I had to go eight months, but I then I also took took two bottles of an anti candida cleanse. I was willing to do anything to get my health back, and uh, I beat it. And so now I'm um, um, I try and help others. And, and if you think um, that you might have this, because candida it loves sh- refined it loves sugar, refined carbohydrates, and alcohol. So if you are craving this, then you might want to take my quiz. Go to candyquiz.com, that's C-A-N-D-I, quiz.com, and you can take a test there to see if you may have a candida
0: overgrowth. And what sorts of symptoms can people experience with the candida overgrowth?
1: Okay, so um, severe symptoms would be, you know, it's already in the nail bed. And so um, you're craving your sugars, your carbs. You might be having the eczema and uh, some other types of rashes. And let me look here. Fatigue, anxiety, insomnia, irritability depression mood swings poor memory it gives you that brain fog a decreased sex drive so digestive wow. issues like that the it gives you the bloating and like i said the nail infections so right up there with what this podcast is about right
0: wow Wow. Yeah. So, so can candy C A N D I quiz.com. We'll put that in the show notes, but I am sure a lot of people um, are listening to some of those symptoms and checking. Yes. Nodding their heads. Um, you know, the other thing that, that you, that you share on your website that I really love and I'm curious if you could talk a little about that, but it's 15 signs that there is a gut infection destroying your immune system. Do, could you share a little bit about those and what those are? As I think at this time, people are really kind of paying attention to their immune system and their in general, their immune health and their immunity.
1: Right. So this, these were uh, the different things that we could do to boost our immunity. Is that what you're talking
0: about? Uh, well, yeah. And in this, in this article, it was 15 signs that you have a gut infection. Um, but sure. Let's, let's just kind of skip right that and go right to how to boost your immune system. Cause I think that's ultimately what people are more interested in anyway. Okay.
1: Okay. So you want to, of course, you know, with COVID you want to do the, the, the real strict hand washing, but you want to, um, Boost your immunity, you could uh, use some immunity-boosting uh, drinks that use, like, ginger, uh, the cinnamon, um, some different types of drinks, and...
0: And on that note, um, somebody recently told me about the incredible benefits of celery juice. And I was curious about that because my mom um, is on one of those FODMAP, FODMOP?
1: Yes. So a, yeah
0: She's on the FODMAP program and she can't have too much celery. So I'm curious, what's, what's the thing about celery? I mean, is it good? Is it bad? Is it moderation like everything else? Or should you be having celery juice every single day?
1: I think moderation like everything else and yeah. i think i think eating the celery is really great because it gives you fiber and you know we don't eat enough fiber so uh getting back to the the immune system is okay you want to avoid the high sugar foods it's kind of like with our kids okay they just you know eat this candy or whatever and then they come down with a cold well when you eat the high sugar foods it's going to decrease your immune system you want to take a daily probiotic. And that just is re-inoculating our gut with those good bacteria. And that boosts your immune system because inside your gut, you have a, a high percentage of your immunity is in the lining of your gut. So you want to give it a probiotic. And you also want to eat foods that contain probiotics because you can't get all your probiotics from a supplement. You need to eat like either sauerkraut or kimchi. Greek yogurt doesn't really have enough. You need to to reach out further and you need to stay away from or don't drink too much of the kombuchas.
0: You know what's interesting is i I got a recipe the other day. Uh, it was so good. It was just a, a simple. Um avocado with the kimchi on top and a little bit of the nori seasoning, which is like that seaweed.
1: Mm. Oh my
0: goodness. It was so delicious. I was, I was mind blown. You know, you always, at least I've always thought kimchi well, you got to be eating Korean food or something like that, but no, this was, this was phenomenal. So there are a lot of ways to eat sauerkrauts and kimchi and these kinds of foods. I think that people don't necessarily realize either. You right. don't have to have sauerkraut on a hot dog only. <laughs> right, right. You could
1: actually eat it a couple times a week, just a tablespoon, just here or there. Yes, you should. It's really healthy for your microbiome. When your gut is healthy, you are healthy.
0: Well, and they even make now all sorts of these different types of pickled, you know, sauerkraut style vegetables. I had some the other day that was a beet, beet and carrot mix, and it was phenomenal, so there are a lot of, they're coming out with a lot more options, I think, as they start to uh, realize the benefits and people start to k- kind of get on board with that.
1: Wow, that's really neat. What area do you live in?
0: Uh, I'm in Northern California. Yes, yes. I, knew yes.
1: It. I knew it. <laughs> I'm in the deep south, Pensacola, Florida, so we don't have something
0: like that yet. You're oh. lucky. <laughs> Yeah, we do. We have a lot of really great hippie foods.
1: (laughs) Wonderful. That's very healthy for you.
0: Um, But I find a lot of these things you can you can even order online. You know, usually the companies have it available, um, assuming they don't need to be refrigerated. And even some of the refrigerated now you can even get online.
1: That's neat. So then to get back to the immune system, immune building is uh, you want to get your vitamin D. So, so many people have a low vitamin D level or it's normal limits, but it's 32 and normal is like 30 to a hundred and something. So it's like, wow. you, you know, uh you, in a, when you boost your vitamin D, it gives you more energy. It makes you feel better and, and it boosts your immune system. So you want to get it through sun 20 minutes with no sunscreen. Like when I, go out and sit in the sun, I do 20 minutes on each side with no sunscreen to get my vitamin D naturally. And if I don't get out in the sun, then please take your vitamin D supplement.
0: Interesting story. My son's a redhead. Mm -hmm. And I read, um, you know, they say redheads are just happier people. Yeah, the other, um, I read that because of their, and I'm going to use the wrong term, but it's something like melatonin, um, in their skin, they don't get vitamin D. They don't take in vitamin D from the sun. So they actually generate their own vitamin D at higher levels than the average human.
1: Ah, that's why
0: they're happier. And that's what makes them happier because it increases their serotonin levels.
1: Wow, that's so cool. Isn't
0: that so cool? Yeah, I started researching that when he was about three, and I was mind blown by that, because he was such a happy baby and just, in general, just really easy-go-lucky kid.
1: And then we want to exercise a couple times a week. That also boosts your immunity. And you want to get a good night's sleep. Sleep at least eight hours. And then moderate your alcohol intake.
0: And I think people think, you know, exercise, oh, I've got to be out doing some big hike or something every day. It's like, I had a friend send me this little daily thing that we're kind of all doing together. And it was like 20 squats, um, you know, 20 push-ups from your knees, a couple tricep bends and some shin lifts, uh, calf lifts. And I'll tell you what, I was like, whoo, <laughs> you know, it was just such a little, it took like 10, 15 minutes, but it, it was great how great I felt. And like, I realized, wow, I need to be doing this every day. Um, so I think, you know, that, um, these things that you're recommending are so basic and what humans used to do naturally, you know, we used to have to forage for our food and, and, and things like that, that just naturally had us out doing that. We used to, you know, sleep by the daylight and, and get our rest that way. And, um, we've just inserted all of these ways to reduce our efficiency as a human body. So, um, I love that. Those are all great things. Well, Susan, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast today. And I'm definitely going to link everything in the show notes. Is there anything else you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, I just want to tell them that um, my number one Amazon bestseller is Seven Steps to Get Off Sugar and Carbohydrates. And that gives you seven simple steps to get off the sugar and the carbs i also have a signature program a course that i just uh, created and they can find that at susan u neal n-e-a-l that's u with um just the uh letter u n-e-a-l susan u neal and i'm also a health and wellness coach I also have a Facebook group, a closed Facebook group that I would just love to have anyone join that I answer any kind of questions and support them. And that's at 7 Steps to Get Off Sugar, Carbs, and Gluten. Because if anybody is gluten sensitive, I also wrote the book, Solving the Gluten Puzzle.
0: Mm. Well, thank you so much. Such a great topic of conversation and obviously so timely as well. So thanks for coming on the BU Find Happy podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Michaela.
0: Take care. Bye-bye. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.